Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience podcast with Jeanette Lissette. Thought leaders explore the mindset, wellness, and wealth needed to realize next level transformation. Let's get started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I am your host, Jeanette Lissette. Today's guest is Tracy Fleshford. She is the founder of Self Made You and the host of Secrets of the Self Made podcast, which helps men and women achieve their goals and solve all problems fast, and that's capitalized by developing self-control, and that's capitalized as well. She has mastered and now teaches an operating system necessary to manage your mind and eliminate any obstacles, including overeating, overdrinking, time management issues, career and relationship changes, and professional development. Tracy, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you, Jeanette. I'm so happy to be here. I am happy that you're here as well, because as I discovered what you are about, it aligned with what next chapter is about, which is mindset, wellness, and wealth. I know those are the spaces that you play a lot in. I'd like to get this conversation started by asking you how this got initiated? What was the catalyst that pushed you into this space? It was certainly a combination of a lot of things. Before we started, you were saying, I don't know if I've just manifested this, but I'm living the life that I love. One thing that I truly believe, whether you call it manifesting or you call it expecting, it really is all about what you believe. I have from the get-go believed that I have a very strong drive. I feel like my purpose is wrapped around impacting other people's lives. I have felt like that since I was probably 10 years old. Everything that I've done, I've noticed that I get the most reward when I can see the results that I've had some sort of influence that have been positive in other people's lives. I spent about 20 years in the world of advertising. I had the most amazing career, but towards the end of that career, I was starting to look at kind of the next chapter. I saw that my kids would be leaving the nest. I also had a tinge of regret for how much time I actually spent away from them during their childhood. I asked myself if I was going to be okay with that. And the answer was no. I knew that I would have a lot of regrets once they left for college and I reflected back on how much time I spent out of the home. So this was right at the point where they were both entering into high school. I made the very big decision to resign and start my own business working from my home so I could be more available to them. I'll tell you what, Jeanette, it was the scariest thing I've ever done because I couldn't foreshadow what that path was going to look like. All I knew is that I really wanted to spend more time with them. And that seemed like the next best steps. I gave my resignation. I was in a senior level position. So they asked me if I would be willing to resign in a very expanded, unconventional type way, where if I would just maybe take six months up to a year, work from home, but transition in a way that worked for them and myself. So I jumped at the chance. In retrospect, I look back and I think, man, what a blessing, because I don't think I was ready financially. I probably wasn't ready emotionally. It 
it really did work out well for both of us. And it afforded me an opportunity to really get quiet and reflect on, okay, I know I love business strategy. I know I love impacting other people's lives. Knowing that, what are my options? So I decided that I would go into the world of consulting slash coaching. I really connect with other women around my age. I was coming out of the corporate world and I couldn't find really any sort of roadmap for women like me who wanted to transition out of the nine to five and start some sort of purpose-driven career. So that's where I started. I just tried to fill a gap that I stumbled upon. So I started coaching women in that kind of context. Most of the time it was like, they knew they didn't want to be in the nine to five, but they weren't sure really what their purpose was or what it was that they could monetize. So most of the work that I did with those women centered on that, really understanding what's your purpose and what could be monetized. What that led to was me recognizing that I wasn't as equipped. I was equipped from a business strategy standpoint, but I wasn't really equipped on the mental and emotional kind of coaching side of things. At that point, I decided to pursue a life coaching certification to Today, I have several certifications mm -hmm. that have afforded me different techniques and different concepts that I have blended into what self-made you is now today. I've used my own experiences, my own struggles to determine what it is that I'm going to deliver in regards to the problems that we solve for people. The way that we deliver it or the way that we facilitate it was all created based on what I myself needed. I struggled with overeating and over drinking, overworking, under earning at times. So those were the four big areas of focus that I started with. And today, five, six years later, it's really expanded into unlimited areas of application because truly it's one operating system that I teach that can be applied to anything. So when I say I teach people how to solve their problems fast. That might sound too good to be true, but that's exactly what we do. I want to talk a little bit more about that. The terminology or the title of life coach gets thrown around a lot. And it's almost like everybody's a life coach. In your yeah. particular case, you said something interesting. You said that you realized that there were some things or some skill sets that you needed to have. And you did some self-evaluation and determined that there could be a learning path to acquire the skills and the expertise and knowledge. There's so many certification groups out there. Where and when I realized that I needed to be better equipped was when I saw how a lot of the women just like me were willing to white knuckle or will their way into doing the best practices or taking the massive action. And they were doing it, but it didn't always feel good. It wasn't very sustainable because the journey, the path of doing those actions wasn't enjoyable. If it was a repeatable type process, something that was necessary, you needed to be consistent about. If it's not an enjoyable experience, it's very unlikely that you are going to be able to make that consistent, or you're going to be willing to duplicate the habit. I started to pull that apart and recognize 
It has way more to do with the feelings that drive the actions. You and I could take the exact same actions. If you're taking your actions from a place of curiosity or motivation, confidence, and I'm doing the same actions, but I'm doing them from a place of desperation, you're going to be far more successful and sustainable because it felt good every step of the way. Whereas if I'm doing it from a place of desperation, I'm probably thinking I'll be happy when I finally achieve the six figures or I convert this many clients or I get to this goal weight. So I'm reserving happiness for when and that journey feels awful. You're actually enjoying the journey the entire way through because you're being driven from an entirely different set of feelings. So when that became clear to me, I realized, okay, then how do you create feelings? They don't just magically appear. And I learned that they come from the way you're thinking and your thinking is either unintentional or it's intentional. So the unintentional comes from the messaging that we've been exposed to. Some of us have been indoctrinated into certain beliefs and cultures, but we don't often question that messaging. We often don't question what it is that we are unintentionally believing. That was very true for me. I realized that I was operating from so many beliefs that were actually sabotaging the results that I wanted that I went to work to figure out, okay, now that I understand that, how do I put a stop to that? How do I reverse that? How do I get the results that I want and enjoy the journey along the way? So when I started to understand that, I knew what it was that I was looking for. There are a lot of life coaching certifications. There's a lot of life coaching schools, maybe that you're not pursuing a certification, but you're just pursuing the skill set. So I read reviews, I interviewed people. The one that I ultimately found and became a student of was probably the most expensive one at the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I also, it was really important to me that I had an area where I could actually practice. I needed a practicum component to it because I know that I'm an applied learner. I need to have the experience to actually learn it. I've always considered myself a little bit of a slower learner. So I knew that I was going to need space to practice. So that's what I was looking for. That's what I found. I went on to acquire other certifications that have afforded me those same opportunities. They all teach their own unique methodology. They often have their own concepts. I've taken everything that I've learned because I am a little bit of a slow learner and I learn best from frameworks. I've created my own proprietary system, if you will, as a way of operating. And that's what I teach. I call it the self-operating system. It really does create a sense of self-control. And I I think that when you have self-control going into any circumstance, any subject matter, you are far better off than if you go into it unintentionally or unaware or leaving things to chance. I determined that it's self-control that everybody needs. And it's not in the context of actions. Like you hear people say, oh, I have no self-control when it comes to chocolate. That's not really what I'm talking about. It's more of a feeling. It's more of a self-reliance because you're equipped. You've been taught 
how to tap into certain inherent abilities that you've never been taught how to tap into. We think of ourselves as a school and we bring forward a level of education, a curriculum that isn't taught in the formal education system. I think formal education teaches you what to think, right? You you become very book smart and then you're tested on your ability to memorize or regurgitate this information, but we're not taught how to think. We're not taught how to think so that we can intentionally create the feelings that are going to drive the behaviors that get us what it is that we ultimately want. We're not taught to think that way. And so that's what we do. We teach people how to think, how to tap into the part of their brain that is intentional versus operating on default from the part of the brain that is very reactive, very habitual, and by the way, very fear-based. And that's what most of us operate because we don't know any better. So that's what we teach. Because we don't really know any better. And that's what we've learned. And that's what we've seen. You mentioned indoctrination. We continue to play those narratives. I, I totally get that. So let's break down SELF, the acronym SELF. Yeah. So it's four very simple steps. We use the framework or the acronym SELF, S-E-L-F, to guide us through those four steps. But they are four steps in this particular order. The S stands for self-coaching. That is very simply the act of asking yourself questions. Most of us don't even ask ourselves, how am I feeling? How am I feeling right now? How am I feeling in the next 30 minutes? How am I feeling in the next three hours? Like most of us don't slow down enough to even ask ourselves that question. So that's a really important question to be asking yourself. And then secondly, to follow up with why am I feeling that way? The answer to that question often leads you to the thought that you are unintentionally believing. So if I notice that I'm feeling exhausted right now, and I'm not maybe talking about in the physical sense, but I'm just feeling mentally exhausted. I have to ask myself, why am I feeling that way? And it may take a little bit of digging. We teach techniques within that first step of self-coaching. We teach a lot of techniques that help people really make their self-coaching sessions hardworking and really valuable, but that's where you start is simply asking yourself, like, why, what am I feeling and why? Because that will reveal which part of your brain you're operating from. Are you operating from your primitive brain, the fear-based part of your brain that has a purpose? We don't want to demonize it. We definitely don't want it to go away because that's the part of our brain that keeps us breathing without having to think about it. It's the part of our brain that keeps us from stepping in front of a bus. It has a purpose, but it's also the part of our brain that offers us a lot of fear-based thoughts that we react to. So you walk through the kitchen and you see that plate of cookies sitting on the counter and your primitive brain says, you better eat one or all of them now because they might not be there later. You might starve if you don't eat it right now. And we don't even know we're thinking that thought, but then that creates the urge that has us shoving the cookie down our throat. And then we sit there and we're like, what the heck? I'm supposed to be on a diet. Why did I just eat that cookie? It's very habitual. It's very fast. It's very urgent, right? And you've just simply never been taught. That's a function of your primitive brain. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you haven't been taught 
how to shift from operating from your primitive brain to what I call your prodigy brain, which is technically called your prefrontal cortex. Self-coaching heightens your awareness around which part of your brain you're operating from. What are the narratives that you're actually listening to? The E, the second step, is eliminating the self-sabotage. That will be happening every single moment of the day if you aren't actively managing your mind. We are being sabotaged by that primitive brain every moment of every day because, again, its job is to keep us alive. It's focused on survival. So it does that with a lot of fear-based thoughts. But you and I know we're not in a lot of danger. So if we listen to those thoughts and we react to those thoughts, we end up sabotaging ourselves because there is no danger. So we have to recognize that there's 10 saboteur narratives that are pretty universal by understanding which ones are most prominent in your life, in your head, you can be way more effective of recognizing it, calling it out and reducing the risk of reacting to it. When you know that the judge is really prominent in your life, where it has you judging yourself, judging others, judging circumstances, you can be on the lookout for that and you can shut it down. You can be like, oh, there it is again. That's just the judge narrative of my primitive brain. It's not true. It's just that it's trying to keep me safe. So you can reconcile, you can reason and understand instead of judging yourself for having those thoughts, right? I also teach people that on step two, when you're eliminating that self-sabotage, that's when you recognize what's going on, you need to start to silence or at least turn down the volume of that chatter. Some mental fit techniques are often really helpful at that point. So meditation is a great mental fitness technique. Often we don't have the opportunity or the time to excuse ourselves and go meditate. So I teach my clients some mental fitness techniques that they can do as they're talking to someone, just like you and I are. I could be doing a mental fitness technique right now that will start to quiet down that chatter and open me up to operating from the other part of my brain. So that leads us to step three, which is leveraging your strengths. Strengths like empathy, empathy for yourself, empathy for others, empathy for circumstances, discovery, like what other factors may be involved that I'm not really aware of that I may be reacting because I'm unaware of what these other factors are. Innovation can't be innovative unless you are operating from your prodigy brain. If you're in that primitive brain spin of desperation or an urge, believe me, innovation is unavailable to you. Navigation, being able to operate from your values and then activate, being able to activate with clear, concise, confident action. Those again, those are five strengths that are only available to you through your prodigy brain. So we need to do step one, self-coach, understand what it is that we're feeling and why we need to eliminate that self-sabotage, call out which narrative it is that's hijacking us, do a mental fitness technique that quiets down that chatter. And then we recognize now we're knocking at the door of our prodigy brain. Now let's crack open that door by leveraging those strengths the empathy, the discovery, the innovation, navigation, activation. And then finally, fourth and final is the forging intentional results. Now, this is truly what separates us from every other program, because a lot of 
programs, let's just take weight loss, for example, they will give you a checklist and they'll say, here you go. This is what you should eat. And this is what you shouldn't eat. And they send you on your way to go count your points or whatever the flavor of the day is, but they've never gotten you to the place where you're actually counting the points or checking the boxes from a place of confidence. You're actually checking boxes from a place of desperation, from willpower, right? That's not sustainable. So it's critically important that you take the first three steps before you go into forging intentional results. That just looks like best practices. No matter what it is that you're going for, if it's a goal or it's a problem that you want to solve, there's best practices involved with anything. And anybody can Google them, literally. You can find best practices anywhere, right? That's not what we're about at Self Made You. We definitely help people with the best practices and we do teach some of our own best practices. But what's critically important is that you're doing the self-coaching, that you're eliminating the self-sabotage and that you are operating from your prodigy brain when you take those final steps, when you are engaging in those best practices. That's the critically important part of what we teach. And that's why we have such a crazy high retention rate because people really do get the results that they're wanting, whether it's healing relationships, losing weight, climbing the corporate ladder, becoming more productive. It doesn't really matter. We teach them how to think so that they get whatever result they want from their life. That's the key component of what we do. In the bio that you are reading, it's like, how in the world can this woman do all of that? It's because I'm going to the root cause of the problem in the first place, which is which part of your brain are you operating from? Reminds me of functional medicine, actually. Yeah, yeah, a lot like functional medicine. As I expand my thought process around the mindset, wellness, and wealth factors, how it all ties together and why it ties together. Getting inside the brain and trying to figure out what's going on there. Getting inside the heart, trying to figure out what's going on there. I know that wellness piece, eating food that fuels you so that you yeah. can do the things that you want to do. You know, for some of us, it might be vanity. You want to look a certain kind of way. And that's the reason why this and that. But the bottom line is, is that I think he pointed this out in one of the podcast episodes that I listened to. Obesity is an epidemic in the United States. So... Let's talk about the health piece. You talk a lot about fasting. I do. So one of our programs is called Self-Made Mind and Body. And most of the people who take that program want to lose weight. I believe that losing weight becomes a byproduct of becoming metabolically fit. That's the way I like to teach it. Becoming metabolically fit, you can plan on longer, healthier life when you are really focused on your metabolic health, you are limiting your risk of chronic illness and disease. You're limiting the inflammation that's going on in your body. You are becoming a fat burner as a source of energy versus a sugar burner. So then that begs the question, okay, what are the best practices that you teach? Because it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a money course, if it's a performance course, it's a productivity course, or it's a weight loss course. Like I said, there's always best practices. So 
once we get to step four, we get to the best practices in self-made mind and body. It is creating protocols, which is just literally making a decision ahead of time about what it is that you're going to eat and when you're going to eat. When I say when you're going to eat, there's going to be a certain amount of time in between your meals that you will be fasting. So everybody fasts when they're sleeping. When you start to expand that time in between your meals, you start to lower your insulin. A lot of us are insulin resistant because we eat the standard American diet, which has us eating quite frequently. And it has us eating high carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates, which is sugar and flour. So our best practices that we teach is to make a decision ahead of time about what it is that you're going to eat. We help you decide what foods actually fuel you. Many people might think that quarter pounder with cheese French fries and a Diet Coke fuels them. But if they've never tried having roasted vegetables with a chicken breast and an avocado, they might not even know the difference because that level of fat and protein and whole carbs is actually going to feel so much better in their body. They're going to be so much more satiated, which is going to keep them fuller longer it's going to lower their blood glucose, lower their insulin levels. And that kind of protocol, that kind of diet creates a much more metabolically fit person who starts to think more clearly, who has a sharper memory, whose moods aren't swinging all over the place. Eating the foods that fuel you, you have to do a little testing to figure out what that is. And so we help you do that. We help you discover what are the foods that uniquely fuel you. We get vegans, we get lactose intolerant. We've had it all in our program and we still get the people who lose the weight. Everybody still loses the weight, but they all have unique foods that fuel them. So their protocols all look different. And then we do handhold people through fasting. So it's intermittent fasting. I think the longest we take people to is 36, 42 hours. So it's longer than the average span, but we do that because we want you to recognize how it is that you feel, what the effects are on you mentally, physically, emotionally, and metabolically when you go that long without food. And we handhold people through making sure that you're staying hydrated in the right sort of way where you're adding the right kind of electrolytes, but eating the foods that fuel you, making decisions ahead of time about when and what it is that you're going to eat, incorporating fasting. And then the last best practice that we teach in the context of metabolic health is learning to collect data, not making your decisions from your dramatic primitive brain beliefs or thoughts, instead collecting data. So we teach our clients how to take their own blood and look at their blood glucose to recognize if they're insulin resistant or if they're insulin sensitive, to take their own blood, to see what kind of ketone production they have, which is representative of are you burning fat or are you burning blood glucose? Which source of energy are you using? It's fascinating to so many people. I have so many clients that have went through that program. They lost all their weight. They're now focused on other big goals and they still monitor their blood glucose because it's so fascinating. So we also teach them to monitor their sleep and other really important areas of data. Because when you are making your decisions from data, not drama, 
Now you start making some like quantum leaps in the right direction. But so many of us make our decisions, these fly-by-night decisions based on some dramatic thought that I'm fat and now I need to go on some huge fast. That's not going to be sustainable and that's not going to be effective. But you monitor your blood and recognize where you're actually at and where you want to be. Now you're making solid decisions. I, I hear what you're saying. And one of the things that I recognize in talking to many people is the lack of knowledge and then also the lack of motivation to seek the information because it's out there. Information that we receive from the food pyramid, you talked about that in one of your podcasts and how we believe that's a tried and true way of staying healthy. But what I find interesting is that there are just tons of people who just don't get it. They don't seek the information out. So my question to you is, if you looked at your full body of work that you do and had to summarize The mission, you talked a lot about your mission. Why do you think it matters? Why do you think it matters so much what you're doing? I think it matters because we're filling that gap left by our formal education. I think that people weren't taught how to think. And so when we can come in and teach them how to think, and create with intention feelings that will drive the results that they want, it will have them then as a result going out with curiosity and learning about the best practice. So like you said, there's a lack of knowledge. That's because people are confused and they don't even know where the confusion is coming from, or they're unmotivated because they don't even know where the unmotivation is coming from. We go to the root cause we go to, it's not your fault. You just weren't taught. We're going to teach you that first because that organically will lead you to going out and finding the knowledge that you need, that you never pursued because you weren't thinking that it was available to you or you weren't, or you were believing that you're broken and you're unlike everybody else or that you're just stupid or that you're just lazy or that you're just fat or that you're just fill in the blank. So you're either believing something that's not true or you never even considered another possibility. Bottom line, that's it. That's what we do. We fill that void, that formal education. I don't care what level of education you've been to, it probably was not provided to you. And so that's what we do. We've had a fascinating conversation and I've learned a lot. Thank you for being a guest on our show. My pleasure. How would you like to leave things for our listeners and our viewers in terms of how to expand their knowledge of the things that you're talking about or any particular resources that you might have, even with self-made you? First off, I think the message that I'd like to leave people with is if you are suffering in any way, know that it doesn't have to be that way. I think so many of us, we recognize that we're suffering and we just think that's the way our life is meant to be. And that's not true. You are suffering unnecessarily. And I want you just to try on that thought that maybe it's possible. You just haven't been taught how to manage your thinking. Create a feeling of curiosity, of opportunity, of possibility. Like those feelings feel so starkly different than the suffering that you might be feeling right now. So just try on the thought that it might be possible. 
that there's just something that I have not yet learned. Okay. So that's the first thing. That's the message. A tactical takeaway would be look at your calendar right now. Find the white space. If you've only got 10 minutes of white space, I want you to book out that 10 minutes with yourself. I want you to dedicate those 10 minutes to better understanding yourself. Remember the acronym S-E-L-F and start with that all important first step of self-coaching. Ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? If you don't know the terminology, the way to articulate the vibration, the emotion, the feeling that's going through your body, Google feelings wheel. You'll get a list of emotions that you can read through. One of them will stand out to you. So now you know what it is that you're feeling. Now ask yourself, why am I feeling that way? And just let your brain offer you all sorts of thoughts. And I would recommend writing them down, like literally put pen to paper, nothing poetic, just empty out that brain. Everything your brain has to say about why you're feeling that way, put it on paper. Now you can look objectively. Oh my God. You can connect the dots and be like, I'm feeling this way because I'm thinking that thought and it's unintentional. But what if I was going to be intentional about what I'm thinking? Everything changes, everything. So that's the technical or tactical takeaway. As far as more resources, we have oodles of free resources. If you go to www.selfself-made, M-A-D-E, and then the letter U.com, you will find free coaching Fridays. You will find low dollar masterclasses. Once a month, we do a masterclass where we actually apply the self-operating system to a particular subject. In September, we're applying it to professional performance. So for all of you professionals out there who want to increase your performance, that would be a great masterclass. They are normally $27, but every time I'm on a podcast, I give the host a 50% off discount coupon code that they can extend to their listeners. It'll be the best $13.50 you'll ever spend. And then I've got all sorts of free coaching on my social media channels. I've got different little demonstrations hand-holding techniques that I take you through that you can also find at selfmadeyou.com. Very good. We will definitely make sure that information is in the show notes and um, we'll get as many people as possible to take advantage of that. Again, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know time is a commodity at this point for many people. So I appreciate you being here with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. And